Welcome to Oncopharm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I'm a professor of pharmacy practice here at the supporting sponsor of Oncopharm, ETSU's Bill Gant, College of Pharmacy. January 26, 2023. Uh, I have a, a couple FDA approvals to talk about. The first one, uh, Zanya Brutnib for CLL slash SLL. Least surprising approval in a long time. Um, second, uh, BTK inhibitor approved for CLL. Not much more to talk about that. Uh, safety profile more consistent with the calibrutinib than the first generation of brutinib. Let's put that one to rest. The more interesting approval is uh, January 19th. Also, uh, my buddy Tyler's birthday. Happy birthday, Tyler. He's an avid listener. Um, FDA approved uh, to catnib with trastuzumab for colon cancer. This is the first HER2-directed therapy for colon cancer. So, um, let's put that into a bit of perspective, right? So for a long time, you know, all cancers, right? This is the story of the last decade and a half, last two decades is the, the involvement, the evolution, evolvement's not a word, the evolution of cancer from based on histology to, uh, and, and clinical staging to more molecular and genomic staging and risk stratification and algorithms that include those things. Breast cancer led the way, really, with hormone positive, hormone negative, and then with HER2 amplified, HER2 negative. When we had HER2 amplified breast cancer, HER2 is on a lot of epithelial cells, a lot of adenocarcinomas. People looked at it. Wasn't beneficial for a lot of other cancers outside of breast cancer, with the exception of gastric cancer. As we get better HER2 targeting agents, and we learn that there's benefit from HER2 um, dual, HER2 blockade, you saw that start to evolve into other cancers. And then, uh, you know, lung cancer is a great example where, you know, we used to treat everybody with metastatic non-small cell lung cancer as platinum doublet. And now we look at EGFR and RALC and ROS1 and RET and MET and KET and FET and LET and some of those things I made up, but they might end up being real in 10 to 20 years. You just never know. Well, colon cancer kind of lagged behind, right? So metastatic colon cancer was kind of treated the same no matter what the inside of the tumors looked like because we didn't know what to look for. One of the first things we learned is that patients who had microsatellite instability, um, which is uh, basically some a whole bunch of uh, tandem repeats of genetic code that's not supposed to be there, and that microsatellite instability, those, those unnecessary repeats of, of base pairs in the genome are there because um, the those cells lack mismatch repair genes, uh, either MLH1, MSH2, MSH6, or PMS2. So really, microsatellite instability is a surrogate marker for mismatch repair deficiency. And we knew that those people um, maybe had a better prognosis, but did not have as much benefit from 5-FU because part of how 5-FU works as a false base pair is you need proficient mismatch repair for the cell to, for the cancer cell to stop and undergo apoptosis. Now we didn't necessarily change treatment based off of that, but it was more of a prognostic thing, okay? So we knew that for a long time. And then we're given bevacizumab to folks, we're given cetuximab to folks, and then we learned cetuximab we should not give to people with KRAS mutations because cetuximab works outside the cell. KRAS mutations are inside the cell. Makes sense. And then we added NRAS. And then we looked at BRAF. And you want to have wild-type BRAF, no KRAS, no NRAS mutation to use uh, you know, EGFR inhibitors like cetuximab or penetumab. Well, now we're looking at HER2. And this is the first HER2-directed approval for colon cancer. Now, this is not the first time this has been studied. Um, 
So the trastuzumab, pertuzumab combination together has been studied in, in two studies in colon cancer. And all of this is found in the uh, in our favorite guidelines in the summary section of our favorite guidelines. So uh, the phase 2A My Pathway study, which was a basket trial. Um, so they're looking for um, uh, people with HER2 uh, amplifications. And um, about 50 patients, they gave them trastuzumab and pertuzumab. Overall response rate of 32%. One of those was a CR. The rest are partial responses. Um, the TAPER study was also a phase two basket trial that was run by ASCO. They had about 30 patients, a little under 30. Overall response rate of 14% with the trastuzumab-pertuzumab combination. Trastuzumab and lapatinib, the original, the OG uh, dual HER2 targeted therapy, uh, which was shown to still have uh, activity in, in breast cancer patients who had progressed on trastuzumab. So this is trastuzumab plus lapatinib. Uh, phase two study called Heracles in metastatic colon cancer, about 30 patients, overall response rate 30%, similar to the the, um, the My Pathway study. So you're starting to see a response rate maybe of 30%, although there was one that was 14%. Obviously, small studies, probably some variation in the demographics of these patients. Um, it would make sense that if you're targeting uh, a lot of HER2 on the outside of the cell, that it would not work if the same signal transduction pathway that HER2 stimulates, that includes RAS and RAF, if you have mutations in KRAS and RAS, BRAF, that HER2 would not work. And I'm sure some of these early studies did not check for that in all of them. Um, we have trastuzumab deruxtecan, uh, the, um, the new uh, HER2 agent on the block, a Destiny CRC01, so Destiny Colorectal Cancer 01, the first study, I guess. 80 patients, uh, all these patients had to have had at least two lines therapy for colon cancer. Um, they actually looked at the HER2 positive cohort and like a HER2 low cohort as the Deruxtecan uh, is now doing. HER2 positive uh, overall response rate of 45%, higher than what we've seen. HER2 low, no responses reported. Um, so it's in that setting, none of those have FDA approval. It's in that setting that we get Mountaineer, which is a phase two study that was presented at ESMO as a late breaking abstract. Um, 84 patients in this study, um, this approval is for patients who have, they've already had uh, a fluoropyrimidine, so like 5-FU or capecitabine, they've had oxaliplatin, they've had aritecan, they're HER2 amplified, and RAS wild type. They, they do not ex, um, specify that patients have to be BRAF wild type, although our favorite guidelines do say that for this type of therapy. Um, the protocol of the study, which this didn't, these details didn't make it into the approval, but it makes sense to me from a practice standpoint. Uh, these patients, um, to be in the Mountaineer study, had to have had an immune checkpoint inhibitor if they had microsatellite instability or mismatch repair deficiency. They also had to have received a VEGF inhibitor like Bevacizumab or Zivaflibercept. So Mountaineer, 84 patients, objective response rate about 38%, certainly in the ballpark of what you've seen with dual, ter dual HER2 targeted therapy, um, whether it's trastuzumab, pertuzumab, trastuzumab, lapatinib, uh, but maybe not as much, although pretty close to trastuzumab, deruxtecan. Uh, the approved dosing of tucatinib is 300 POBID along with trastuzumab until disease progression. That is the same dosing as tucatinib's approval for breast cancer, which is with trastuzumab and um, capecitabine. Um, I would not recommend it, but I think if you look at the data, that study of tucatinib, trastuzumab, and capecitabine could be used for bowel preps. Uh, although I would not recommend that causes a lot of diarrhea. This regimen looks to cause less diarrhea because it's only two drugs that cause diarrhea and not three, but still wouldn't be the big supportive care things for patients taking this. So this is FDA approved. 
Um, these other HER2 targeted uh, therapies for colorectal cancer are in the guidelines. Again, if it's HER2 amplified and um, and wild type for KRAS, NRAS, and, and BRAF as well, as long as those are all wild type, um, there, there is a, a chance that these drugs, because they're in the guidelines, and now we have one approved that they could get paid for by insurance and used for these patients. Now this, as you, uh, I don't think I've mentioned yet, and, but you should know uh, the way things are for a, a single arm study of less than 100 patients, or even if it's more than 100, this is an accelerated approval and it's gonna require, or should require, supposed to require, a confirmatory phase three study um, to confirm that it's better than something else. What would something else be? Yeah, you know, we tend to just keep recycling 5-FU and capecitabine these folks. So um, some other regimen like that, or maybe a comparator of tapiracil um, and trifluoridine or regorafenib would be a fair comparison since those are also drugs approved in this space. But admittedly drugs that we're not real excited about using for these folks after we get by, past our, our Folfox and our Fulfury and our Bev and your EGFR if you have that. Um, you know, not real qu crazy about using these, these other drugs. So certainly an evolving space, and that's why I gave you that history at the beginning to, to you know, to, to think about where things uh, are going in, in diseases where we're maybe ahead of the game uh, than cold cancer and looking at all these molecular studies and where things and where things may go. So, you know, we're still early on in this, but we're certainly, you know, officially I would say, if not already, but with the FDA approval officially, um, we're in the HER2 target era of, of colon cancer here. Um, it's not real common that uh, this is uh, expressed on all these patients. Um, and, you know, the next thing uh, besides a confirmatory study in, you know, this kind of like third line setting will be is adding this upfront beneficial to these patients. Those are things that uh, we'll be looking for over the next, uh, the next couple of years to see if that changes first line treatment for metastatic colon cancer. And if that's the case, often the next step is is doing this uh, better in the in the adjuvant setting or in the neoadjuvant setting for colon cancer. Those will be things that we'll be looking at um, in we the collective we in oncology uh, in the coming years. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at PharmDeetNip, and you can follow the podcast and uh, on both Twitter and Instagram at OncoFarmPod. And until I talk to you again, remember doses matter. <laughs>